Hello, listeners. Wagwan. I am Maxine McFarlane, a Jamaican educator living in the United States of America, and I'm a nurturer of minds and hearts. I'm so happy that you chose to listen to this episode of the Teacher's Tribe podcast. It's been a few weeks since I released a solo episode, but I have really enjoyed the inspiring educator series so far and look forward to sharing more of those episodes with you soon. In this series, I've shared conversations with a teacher turned school counselor and my very own assistant principal here in North Carolina, as well as a vibrant young high school English teacher from Johannesburg, South Africa. Episodes with other educators around the world are in the works for this season. You can find links to all of them at theteacherstribe.com. I moved from Jamaica to the USA a little over 14 years ago. A lot has changed since then, including me. For quite some time now, I have been reflecting on a change that has become more obvious to me in recent years. I can't remember doing it before moving here, or maybe I was just less aware. Maybe it's something that you'll be able to relate to. I'll share my thoughts on the other side of this. we do the joy of learning brings the light too for parents and teachers everywhere let's show our children how much we care rich experience i bring to you have you joined to share your passion too oh it's the joy In this episode, I will be sharing some thoughts on code switching. I understand that this term is not simply confined to language, but can be applied to adapting on a wider scale to sociocultural norms. People sometimes modify their appearance and behavior in different situations as part of the code switching experience. Let's establish a definition for code switching for the purpose of what I'll be talking about today. So I went to the Merriam-Webster, and I also went to the Oxford. You know, I grew up on the Oxford. And they define code switching as, from the Webster it says, the switching from the linguistic system of one language or dialect to that of another. And then the Oxford Advanced Learner's Dictionary defines it as the practice of changing between languages when you're speaking. The late Honorable Louise Bennett Coverley, affectionately known as Miss Lou, is probably my favorite Jamaican cultural icon. As children, we would memorize and recite her poems, and they are still frequently used as entries in our national speech competitions. Many of Miss Lou's poems are set in the period of decolonization, which she refers to as colonization in reverse, and during early independent Jamaica. I chose two of them to share today because they really demonstrate the mixed views that people in our Jamaican culture express about code switching. In this first poem, a mother chides her son who had recently returned from overseas with no trace of a change in his manner of speech. She doesn't hide her disappointment and further encourages him to do some code switching. 
This first poem is called No Little Twang by Louise Bennett. Me glad to see you come back, boy, but Lord, you let me down. Me shame I used till all of my proudness drop a grung. You mean you got America and spend six whole months there and come back not a piece better than when you did go away? Boy, you couldn't improve yourself and you get so much pay. You spend six months of foreign and come back ugly same way? Not even a drapes trousers or a past the rhythm coat. Boy, not even a gold teeth or a gold chain round your throat. Suppose my last my past got introduced you to a stranger as my lamented son what lately come from America. They would have laughed after me boy me couldn't tell them so. They would have said me lie you was a spend time back at Moko. Now back and tell me boy you talk too bad shut up your mouth. I don't know how you and your father are going to make it out. If you want to please him, make him think you bring back something new. You always call him Pa. This evening when him come, say poo. Now for my listeners who are not familiar with the dialect, I hope you got the gist of what um, it's about. So in summary, it's a mother who is saying she's excited that her son has returned from the United States. But she was also saying that she's embarrassed because he spent six months there and he just returned the same way he left. She was looking at his his dress and she thought he should have been he should have looked better because he made enough money to buy himself you know better clothes. She was even mentioning that he didn't even have a gold teeth or a gold chain. He wasn't wearing any of those. And she even went further to say that she would be embarrassed if she tried to introduce him as her son who just recently returned from abroad. She said that, you know, people would laugh at her because of how her son looked. It appears that the son was trying to defend himself, but she quickly shut him down, you know, telling him not to talk back to her. And she was anticipating what it would be like when his father returns home that evening. And she offers a suggestion of you know, doing some code switching. She said he always called his father Pa. When he comes home this evening, he needs to refer to him as Poo, I guess. That's a fancier way to say it. Or the twang, he would he should put on a, a twang to sound more like he just recently returned from America. Now, within the same Jamaican context, it is not unusual for another returning resident to be scoffed at or even taken to task for being pretentious if the person sounds too different. This is what happened to the character in Miss Lou's poem, entitled Dryfoot Boy. What wrong with Mary Dryfoot Boy? Them girl got him for mock. And when we meet in Tara night, the boy give me a shock. Me tell him say him auntie and him cousin them say howdy and ask him how him getting on. Him say, oh jolly, jolly. Me start to feel so sorry for the poor bad lucky soul. Me think him come go a foreign land, come catch bad foreign coal. Me think him got a bad sore throat, but as him chat chat go on, me find out that his foreign twang the boy was a put on. For me notice that him answer to nearly all me say was, actually, what? Oh dear. And all them sitting there. Me give a joke, the girl them laugh. But here the boy, ha ha. I'm sure you got that bolly dash out of the cinema. Same time me lost me temper and me holla boy ki route not chat to me with no hot potato in your mouth. Him turn up like him stunted, then hear him now, 
How silly. I don't think I really understand you, actually. Me say you understand me, huh? No, your name Koja Scoop. Always visit Nana Kitchen and get laugh for Gungo Soup. And now all you can say is actually? Boy, but top. What happened to them sweet Jamaica joke you used for pop? Him get Bex and walk through the door, him heading at the air. The girl them ball out after him. Not going what? Oh dear. And from that night till today, ma, them all got him for mock. Miss Mary Dryfoot boy can't get over the shock. Alright, let me get the, give the gist of this one for those who are not familiar with the dialect. She's basically questioning what is wrong with this person who has returned from overseas. Apparently, it's M Miss Mary's son. And he has come back with a very strong accent. And now he seems to be a misfit in their community because the, the person is reflecting on their interaction before he went abroad. And now he's using all these expressions from that culture that he was in and not in engaging the way he did prior to going overseas. The person quickly loses her cool and just, you know, give it just gives it to him to stop being so pretentious. They eventually start mocking him and he leaves because he doesn't feel comfortable in the crowd anymore. As I analyze both poems and reflect on my code switching experience, I realize that I just want to be the one with no Likotwang. While I'm certainly not like Mary Dryfoot Boy, I must grudgingly admit that I have fallen into the practice of code switching. Since I have ventured into this podcasting space, I can clearly hear the difference between how I speak and how I think I speak. I really do not sound the way I used to and want to sound. I must admit that this troubles me because people, including my husband and children, have commented about the change in my accent. It is difficult to accept because I feel like my accent is an important part of my Jamaican identity. While still bothered by this, I decided to do some reading about this matter of code switching. I found an article on NPR.org entitled, Five Reasons Why People Code Switch, and it piqued my interest. Here's what I gleaned from that article. For some people, code switching is inadvertent. They do it without realizing. They may code switch language or accents without deliberately trying to. I can totally relate to that. I have two Jamaican co-workers at my school and whenever our paths cross, I greet them in our dialect or with a Jamaican expression. It feels like a reflex action. The brief passing interaction, usually in the hallway or when we're walking in from the parking lot, evokes a feeling of connection and camaraderie. The second reason cited is attributed to a desire to fit in, which may be done consciously or unconsciously. In my case, I have made deliberate effort through repetition and practice to pronounce words differently for my young learners. A funny experience from many years ago comes to mind. My cousin and I were traveling on the subway in New York many years ago during one of my summer visits when I lived in Jamaica. We're going from the Bronx into Manhattan, and as is commonplace, the diversity was evident. We could overhear conversations between fellow travelers in different languages. 
I was tickled when my cousin spontaneously initiated a makeup conversation with me in Patwa, citing that we have our own distinct language and can do what others could do. We shared a good bout of laughter at our hilarious attempt to fit into our diverse environment. On the other hand, I think of how much more conscious I am about how I sound whenever I am in Jamaica. Our perceptive people have amazing skills in identifying foreigners and returning residents. In a bid to fit in, I don't wear sneakers, and I get information about prices and traveling from my friends and relatives so that I don't have to ask questions when I'm out and about. I also tend to talk a lot more patois, which just happens without conscious thought. As I reflect, I can recognize that I do code switch consciously and unconsciously, but in these situations, it is on my terms and because I want to. I think back to the many, huh? What did you say? And can you say that again? That were uttered when I said certain words during the first couple of years living in North Carolina. Coupled with my accent, the placement of the emphasis on a word as well as my British influence pronunciations were not easy for my students to navigate. Over time, I would say words in the way they were accustomed to hearing them, just to eliminate a potential barrier to their learning. A number of examples come to mind. For example, I would say, I ate breakfast this morning, but here they say I ate, so I find myself saying ate. I remember my first year teaching fourth grade and the students would just react every single time I said character. So I had to practice. I remember I chose a student to say, um, say that word for me again repeatedly for weeks until I was able to say it. So now I find myself automatically saying character. You know, the emphasis is a little bit different. I would also say schedule, but now I find myself saying schedule because that's what, that's how they say it here. For years I said phonics, but living in America, it's phonics. As the years went by, I stopped saying mathematics or maths because here they say math. And the, this, I think this is the one that I have held on to more and found myself even becoming a little more defensive of because we pluralize person as persons, which is grammatically correct. I remember I gave an assignment to, a stud to my students in a second grade class for them to do singular and plural and the child um like there was a note saying the word is per is people not persons and i wrote a note back saying persons or people are both plural forms of the word person anyway the, i could go on listing many other examples but i can clearly see how i've adjusted just to further support the people that i'm interacting with Reason number three for code switching is out of a desire to get something. Now, I must admit that even though this is not commonplace for me, I have actually done this. Once again, thinking about my trips home, I definitely always want to fit in. As is common in many places around the world, there's a price for locals and another for foreigners or tourists. I will readily code switch in order to ensure that I secure the local rates. I certainly wouldn't be able to imitate an American accent in the same way that I can readily use my mother tongue. 
As I reflect on that though, I now wonder why I've never been inclined to adapt an American accent. On the contrary, I actually feel bad when I'm told that my Jamaican accent isn't thick. It's almost heartbreaking to think that such an important part of my identity is being eroded. I can't forget when a young man in a shop in Jamaica said to me, Fio Pat was sound too nice. In other words, he was telling me that it was too polished and didn't bear the usual cadence of the dialect. It's somewhat difficult to explain why that was such a sad experience for me, but it goes beyond wanting to have the ability to code switch for personal gain. Another reason for code switching is for the purpose of maintaining secrecy. As children growing up in Jamaica, we would communicate in what we call gypsy. It was somewhat akin to Pig Latin, in a sense, although its structure was different. It involved breaking words apart and adding extra syllables, hence lengthening the words. If a listener would analyze closely and remove the extra sounds, they would hear the original words. Sometimes we would use it around adults who didn't understand what we were saying. This is such a wonderful nostalgic journey. There are two versions, and if you mastered both, you could even code switch between them depending on which one your friend understood. To further complicate this, we would use it while speaking words in our dialect. Let me share an example that I'm sure some of my Jamaican listeners will be able to relate to. Let's take this English sentence, what is your name? So in Gypsy, we would say, would either say, Wapat ipiz yopo nepiem, or Walapat ilipiz yopo nelepiem. Now in Patwa, the same expression would be, Why your name? So to translate that Patwa expression in Gypsy, we would either say, Wapat yopo nepiem, or Walapat yopo nelepiem. It was great to be able to talk with friends in a manner that others didn't understand. Wow, this memory took me back to primary school. Good times. As an adult, however, I consider it distasteful to just code switch for this reason in social or professional settings without an explanation or a note of courtesy to others present. A spontaneous greeting is fine, in my opinion, but a prolonged conversation for the purpose of secrecy should be avoided. I guess there would be other exceptions, but I personally avoid doing it and would prefer to opt to excuse myself and take the conversation elsewhere if I need to speak privately. The fifth and final reason for code switching that is addressed in the article is that it helps us to convey a thought. It was noted that many people code switch in order to express themselves more effectively and also to incorporate colloquialisms. Idiomatic expressions, sayings, and proverbs are an inherent part of my culture, and I find that I tend to incorporate them even in regular conversations with my American colleagues. Of course, I take the time to translate or explain in English, and this often adds interest to our conversations. I see bilingual students code-switching all the time, and I actually admire it. I encourage my younger students, whose first language is not English, to practice using the language during formal interactions in the classroom. English, that is. This is an attempt to support their language acquisition and development. However, I also encourage the use of their first language when it supports their learning. 
Last year, for example, I had a student who joined my class weeks before the national shutdown in March, who had just moved to the United States and spoke almost no English. It was evident to me from day one that he was a very smart student, and I would encourage him to express himself verbally and in writing in his first language. I assigned him my bilingual buddy who was a wonderful support for him, so he could freely participate in group activities and share his ideas with the class. I was grateful for my resident translator. Once again, based on my experiences and upbringing, I tend to revert to my Jamaican expressions in heightened situations or when strong emotions come into play. For example, if I unexpectedly hit my foot on a piece of furniture, my automatic expression most likely would be "woy" <laughs> rather than ouch. If I witnessed the same thing happen to someone else, my code switching would instinctively appear. I would say hush to a fellow Jamaican or a member of my family because they understand that it is a term used to offer comfort. However, I would probably say I'm sorry to someone in this culture. Thanks to this podcast, I have become a lot more aware of the changes in my speech and readily identify examples of code switching when I listen to the recordings. Although I mentioned earlier that I feel some discomfort with my code switching, there are still other reasons that I have not explored today. Ultimately, I believe that being able to code switch is an asset, and I appreciate that I get to do it on my terms. I don't want to be like Mary Dryfoot Boy with him twang, nor do I feel the need to force an accent that is not naturally mine. There is no heavy baggage attached to my code switching, and I do not feel compelled to do it in any environment in order to be accepted. I mentioned switching between English and Patois at different times in this episode, and I want to note that I also did that when I lived in Jamaica. It is a beautiful thing to be able to exercise that kind of flexibility and have control over how you communicate. I greatly admire the students and colleagues who speak more than one language. I'm also mindful that code switching for many people is a heavy load and they have to do it every day to gain opportunities, to fit in, or even to be taken seriously. Next week, I will continue to explore this whole matter of code switching with two college students. They will bring other perspectives to this conversation, so you can look forward to that when it is published on Friday at 6 a.m. Eastern Time. I found the perfect quote to express my overall feeling about my code switching experience. It is attributed to Vedehi Mujumdar, who said, I don't code switch to hide my identity. I code switch to celebrate it. Same here. I feel much joy every time I use one of my expressions from Yard, and it is a beautiful part of my identity and rich Jamaican culture. What about you? Do you code switch? If so, which of the reasons mentioned applies to you? Take a moment to leave a comment on the Teacher's Tribe Instagram page about your code switching experience. Until the next episode, walk good and one love. For the joy of learning, subscribe to the Teacher's Tribe.